You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the September 9th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast nfl week one this is coming out thursday morning nfl season starts thursday night it is back football season is finally here you might be able to hear in the background some loud music some yelling i'm doing this live from my new brooklyn apartment uh and my window is permanently open because it has an ac unit in it and of course i'm living in new york so there's noise so you're gonna have to deal with that in the background but we move on the road to 272 bets starts today 272 right yes so of course if anyone listened to this last year for those of you who follow me on twitter of course you know that last football season i bet on all 200 and 200 and how many 256 games last year in the nfl with the extra 17th game added on that brings it up to 272 i'm going to be doing the exact same thing this year so 272 games 272 picks either spread total or money line but only money line underdog i'm not going to take the cowards way out and take an under, uh, money line on the favorite unless it's like a pick em where like one side's like minus 120 and one's even money then then technically i'd be betting money line favorite but you know what i mean i'm not taking any minus 150s minus 200s anything like that spreads totals underdog money lines so week one's getting started cowboys buccaneers start off thursday night I don't have anything else to get into. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I know a lot of people are excited to get back into this. I'm excited to get back into this. Oh, one thing I I will bring up is how good I did with this last year. I did decent. Final record last year in the road to 256 bets. I think I've been telling people I was up over 7 units. For some reason, I thought I finished up over 7 units, but it wasn't quite that much. My final record last season was 130, 119, and 7 pushes for plus 5.2. Seven nine units, and the most profitable bet that I made last year was actually the money line underdogs. I did very well when I did those. I did it at least one a week, and most weeks it was only one a week. I'm gonna do the same thing this year, but I will be taking a few more shots at a few more money line underdogs because I did well with them last year. If I'm if I like an underdog, why not take a shot at the money line? I only have one this week because week one is such a crapshoot. I didn't feel comfortable taking more than one, but the one that I did take is one that I love quite a bit. So this, so that's the record that we're aiming to beat this season. 130, 119, and 7. Now, I don't really care about win-loss record. It's all about units, baby. So I need to beat plus 5.79 units. Now, really, if it's a success, in my opinion, if I walk away profit, if you bet on every single game in an NFL season and walk away profitable, I think that's successful. I think it is. So if I do that again this year, I'll be happy, but I want to beat that plus 5.79 
unit mark. And any, for anyone who's curious, every single play is one unit, and they are all bet one unit. Some people do bet one unit. Some people bet to win one unit. I do bet one unit. So if it's minus 110, I'm betting one unit to win like .91, I believe is the math. Units. If it's an underdog, I only I bet one unit. If it loses, I'm down a unit. If it wins, I'm up whatever the money line underdog price is. Uh, so it's all bet one unit, not bet to win one unit. Just to be clear, and even though they're all doing spreads, there are some that the juice is a little bit different. Some like minus 115, minus 120. Um, I think there's even a minus 125 spread that I'm on this week, maybe. Uh, so I will clarify with the juice as well, because I want this record to be completely transparent, just like it was last year. So without further ado, I am so excited, so excited for the football season to start tomorrow night. Even more excited, obviously, for NFL Sunday, Red Zone. Get to see our boy Scott Hansen. Very excited for that. Let's get into it. The NFL Week 1 episode of the Bacon Pod. Bacon Bets podcast and the road to 272 bets starts now. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right, let's get into it. With it being week one, no bye weeks. So we've got 16 games to go through, so a lot of games to go through. I will go uh, in order here, and at the end, I will go ahead and recap the picks. So if you only want my picks, if you don't care about the breakdowns, fast forward to the end, and I will recap them all. Uh, but of course, we're going to start with NFL opening night, Thursday night, Cowboys against Buccaneers. Now, this is a game I went back and forth on since the line was released back in the summer. Um, it actually opened at least it opened at six and a half, and, and it's up to eight right now. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets up to like eight and a half before kickoff because the public is all over the Buccaneers, which makes me kind of want to take Cowboys. But then I think about that Cowboys defense. You think about how the Buccaneers are returning all of their starters. So I ended up if I had to take spread, I'd go Cowboys at that eight eight and a half number. But I'm going to go with the total, and I have a decent amount of totals this week. I have like five or six totals, I believe. So I'm looking at the total, and I'm going to actually make the same bet I made on the NFL opening night last week, and I remember it like it was yesterday because I remember we won by the hook. So, I mean, hopefully I don't, I hope it wins by 20, but if it comes down on the hook and it wins, I'll be happy. So I'm going with the over 51 and a half. So, I mean, it's NFL opening night. This is one of my favorite bets to make in the opening night of any sports because who cares who wins? Let's root for points, and at the end of the day, that's what we all love. We love touchdowns. We love points. Let's root for points in the NFL opening night. Like I said, the Bucks often should have no problem torching this Cowboys secondary. Cowboys secondary last season gave up 7.1 yards per pass attempt, 2.1 passing touchdowns per game. And now uh, the Buccaneers are coming to the game, returning all 11 starters. Uh, obviously, the chemistry is going to be there from that Super Bowl winning team. Tom Brady's figured out this playbook by now. If you look at how good he was in the second half of the season and into the playoffs last year, much better than what he was the first half of the season. Took him a little bit to get in the flow of things to learn the playbook. Uh, there shouldn't be that early season uh, kind of learning period, adjustment period like we saw last season. So Bucks offense is going to score. There's almost no doubt in my mind that will happen. But I think the Dallas offense is going to score as well. Now, the big key with Dallas is going to be how healthy is Dak Prescott. But when he was healthy last year before he got hurt. So they only scored 17 points in week one last season. But let's remember that was against the Rams who had, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL last season. Cowboys followed it up after that game. They scored 40 which I think was against the Falcons, 31, 38, and 37 
and that 37 was in the game against the Giants when Dak Prescott suffered his injury. So in the four of five games that Dak Prescott started last season, they scored 40, 31, 38, and then 37 points. I mean, and it makes sense. Dak Prescott was on, on his way to just smash. He was on pace. I shouldn't say on his way because who knows what would happen if he would have kept playing. But he was on pace to smash the passing record. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. And it makes sense why this offense is so good. Now, are they going to be good enough to score that many points on this tough Tampa Bay defense? I don't know. We'll see. But let's root for points in the opening night. Over 51.5 minus 110. Uh, then we're going to another total. Actually, got the next two picks in a row are totals, totals bets. We're going with the Bills against Steelers. I'm going to go with the under 48.5 in this one. I don't trust the Steelers offense this year with Big Ben back to being under center and I talked a lot of the points I'm going to bring up in this podcast I I brought up last week when I gave my NFL season betting preview I think he's doing a disservice coming back to uh, coming back to the Steelers he looked he was tough to watch near down the final stretch of the season last year he's lost the zip in his arm any mobility he had that ability he wasn't actually quick but he had an ability to avoid sacks and kind of muscle his way out of them well he's lost that as well they failed to reach 20 points in three of their final five regular season games last year. And one of those came against this very same Bills team and this very same Bills defense. And they only put up 15 points in that game. And meanwhile, as as, as strong as I think the Bills offense is going to be this year, they're going up against a top three, easily, well, definitely top five, arguably top three, arguably the best defense in football in the Steelers. Um, and what's even more important than just the Steelers being a good defense is that their strengths match up well with the Bills' strengths. 72.96% of the Bills' offensive yards last year came through the air. That was the sixth highest mark in the NFL. And then the Pittsburgh defense uh, allowed the second fewest passing yards per game in 2020 at only 198.4. So, And they have a good pass rush as well, so... Bill's strength is the is, is through the air. That's where they get most of their yards. That's where they get most of their um, points. But that's exactly where the Steelers' defense is good. So I'm going to go with the under 48.5. I think that's a few points too high. Bill Steelers under 48.5. Then we're going to another total. Three totals in a row to start off the season. How about that? Seahawks-Colts. Now this total actually moved a point and a half in the past day. Um, but same. I'm doing the same as I did last year, even though I would have locked it in a couple days ago when I saw it. Where is that? I lock in all of my bets right before I record the podcast to give the most accurate lines possible. Now, what's going to happen is come Sunday and come the after Sunday when I give the recap, some of the lines will be different. People will accuse me of taking stale lines, um, but I'm very clear. I mean, what do you want me to do? I record the pod, pod, this podcast on Wednesday night every week. Um, what do you want me to do? So this line was at 48 and a half. It's at 50. This time it worked against me instead of working in my favor. But I'm still going to go with the over. I'm taking over 50 in Seahawks-Colts. And I think this is one of the toughest games to predict on the week one slate. There's like three or four this week that I would not be surprised if anything happens. Because which version of the Seahawks is going to show up? Is it going to be the Seahawks from the first half of the season, which had a great offense and a bad defense? Or is it going to be the Seahawks from the second half of the season, which was a good defense, bad offense? Now, they have a new offensive coordinator. What's his scheme going to be like? How much is Russell Wilson going to throw? How much are they going to run the ball? And then on the Colts side of things, how good is Carson Wentz going to be? Now, I think he's going to be a little bit better because he's finally behind a good offensive line, whereas the Eagles had the worst pass protection in the NFL last year. So I think Carson Wentz is going to be decent. But there's so many questions surrounding this game. Now, one thing that we do know, though, is that Seahawks do have an explosive offense when they need to be Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson. 
I, I'm confused by every angle in this game. So when I'm when I'm this confused, but I do know that they have some offensive playmakers, I'm going to go ahead and take the over 50. Certainly not my best bet of the week, though. It's a tough one. And I will clarify which bets are my best bet bets of the week when I get to them. And one of them is this upcoming one. And that is the Vikings minus 3, minus 110 against the Bengals. I gave in my season preview podcast last week, for those of you who listen, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be the surprise team of the NFL, maybe just the NFC, but I think the Vikings are going to be good this year. Their biggest downfall last season, we all know it was their defense, one of the worst in the league, but they're missing key players to that defense, especially Daniel Hunter, who's their best pass, pass rusher. Um, Anthony Barr, former UCLA running back, is back and healthy. And they added cornerback Patrick Peterson to the mix. That's a big difference. And don't forget, Mike Zimmer is supposed to be a defensive genius, and the Vikings have had great defenses under him. I think last year was an anomaly year for their defense. And then if you look at their offense, many people don't know, they actually had one of the best offenses in the NFL last year. Third and yards per game at 393.2. Only the Chiefs and the Packers got more offensive yards per game last season than the Vikings. I bet you didn't know that. And then meanwhile, I I think the Bengals, and I, again, this is something I talked about last week, but they built this team in the opposite order. They have no offensive or defensive line, but then they have a lot of weapons. And I love Joe Burrow, but I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get his confidence back after having his knee literally blow up on him last year. So three-point spread, I think that's a gift. Minus 110 is the juice. I think the Vikings are a surprise team. I think, um, and I I brought this up last week, if you can find those offshore books that have odds for first coach to be fired, Zach Taylor, I think, is the good bet. And I think I got it at, what, like 8-1, 7-1, something like that. Um, I think the Bengals are going to be tough this year. Tough in a bad way. Um, Next, 49ers taking them minus 7.5, minus 105 against the Lions. This is probably my shortest rant of the whole episode. Um, Kyle Shanahan's motion defense, it, I mean, it's going to make Dan Campbell's head turn like he's in The Exorcist. Dan Campbell is not going to be able to yell at his players to tell them to bite their opponent's kneecaps and will his way to victory, especially not against this Kyle Shanahan scheme. Lions have almost nobody, especially on defense, especially on run defense, one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL, and now they're going to go up against probably the best, I'm not going to say best running back for sure, definitely not best running back, but best offensive run scheme in the NFL the way Kyle Shanahan puts guys in motion um, the way he creates lanes for his running backs with his blockers it's truly something to behold pay attention to that but if you're watching any of this game and hope you're not watching too much of this because it's probably going to suck pay attention to how he puts guys in motion to give his running backs as many blockers as possible and then Sometimes he does the opposite and puts all the blockers to one side, runs the other way as misdirection. Very good offensive scheme. The true start of the Falcons' downfall after the Super Bowl was getting rid of, or not, they didn't get rid of him. He signed with the 49ers. Uh, I miss Kyle Shanahan as the Falcons' uh, offensive coordinator. They should have fired Dan Quinn and kept Kyle Shanahan as the head coach, but I digress. I think this game's a blow, not even close. 49ers by a million, minus 7.5, minus 105. Got another total coming up. Jets and Panthers, and it's another under, under 44. Panthers actually have a pretty underrated defense. I mean, they weren't as bad last season as you might assume. I mean, we all know the Panthers as a whole weren't a good team, but you might assume that they had one of the worst defenses in the league, and they didn't. They had middle of the pack in most stats, 15th, 16th, 18th, things like that. 
What killed them last season was that they're actually second last to the Titans in third down defense, but they do have a young, good core that should take a step forward this season. They got Shaq Thompson, rookie JC uh, Horn. They got Jeremy Chin, who I like a lot. Uh, they have a solid core guys on that defense. I think they're gonna they're actually going to take a step forward and be they could be a top 10 defense this season. And it's going to be a, a tougher matchup for Zach Wilson in his first week as a rookie than, than, than you may think. And then on the Panthers' offensive side of things, you have Sam Darnold, who absolutely fucking sucks. I've ranted about Sam Darnold before. I don't know why they got rid of Teddy Bridgewater for Sam Darnold. I think the Panthers, I think in the season preview, I said Will Greer, because I kind of like Will Greer in college. I was hoping he was going to stay on the team, but it's P.J. Walker as the backup. I think they're going to go... I think by like week eight or nine, I think they're gonna they're gonna start PJ Walker. Sam Darnold stinks. He fucking sucks. And anyone who who's gonna come at me with this, oh Sam Darnold revenge game, he's gonna go off against the against the Jets because it's a revenge game. Fuck that. Jets were the worst offense in football last year for a reason. Under forty four minus one ten. And then we're getting to my Falcons, my beloved Falcons, my dirty birds. And uh, if uh, if you saw my tweet about this, you already know which side I'm betting on. I'm going against them this week. It pains me to do so, but I'm going to do it. I'm not going to I'm not going to take Eagles money line though. But I got Eagles plus three and a half at minus one ten. I think it's going to be a close game, and it's that half point above the magic number. Those there's two magic numbers. If you don't know when you're betting on football, uh, especially in the NFL, three and seven. A spread being a, a difference in the spread of like four and a half and five and a half is really not that important, but a spread difference between like two and a half and three and a half is huge. Obviously because field goals are three points, touchdowns, and actually you assume that they get that they get the extra point is or seven. Those are magic numbers you want to key on. So Eagles plus three and a half here. I think Atlanta's defense is going to be among the worst in the NFL. They're entering the start of a rebuilding phrase. And the Falcons have historically, ever since I've watched the Falcons, they've never been good against mobile quarterbacks. And now they're going up against Jalen Hurts, who is, in my opinion, supremely underrated. I think Jalen Hurts can have a field day against this Falcons defense. Now, the Eagles' biggest weakness last season was pass protection. I brought this up earlier. They gave up an average of 3.3 sacks per game last year. But they don't need to worry about that against an Atlanta defense that is still in search of a top pass rusher. Just like the Bears... Their entire history have always looked for a top-tier quarterback. The Falcons have always looked for a top-tier pass rusher. They only averaged 1.8 sacks per game last year. That ranked 24th in the NFL. So even if the Eagles' pass or, uh, pass protection isn't great, they shouldn't have too much of an, uh, of an issue with the Falcons' defense. So, I mean, I don't know if the Eagles win the game outright, but with the spread, once again, being set higher than that magical number of three, I'm going to take Philadelphia to cover the three and a half points. Also, to be fair... Full disclosure, it's an emo hedge. The famous emo hedge. If you don't know what an emo hedge is, it's an emotional hedge. You bet against your team, so then if your team wins, um, you're happy, but you lose the bet. If your team loses, then uh, you lose the bet. Or you win the bet, but your team loses. Now, what would be the dream scenario in this case is the Falcons were to win by one, two, or three. Then the Falcons would win, and I win my bet, and then I would be happy as a clam, as they say. So there you go. Eagles plus three and a half minus one ten. Next game. Money line underdog alert. Money line underdog alert. First one of the season. This is my only underdog money line bet of week one. I'm going with the 
Arizona Cardinals plus 135 against the Tennessee Titans. I think the Titans are going to regress this year. And I love, love, love the Cardinals as an underdog on on this spot. Once again, I talked about this last week, but the Titans were 29th in opponent yards per game last season. They truly had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The only teams that allowed more yards per game last season were the Texans, Jaguars, and Lions. That's the kind of company their defense is in. They're also near the bottom in several other defensive statistics, uh, last and third down defense, and also they're 28th in opponent passing yards per game, and now they're going up against one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, and DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, a couple other really good depth guys. Um, Now, people say the Titans got better on defense. I don't necessarily buy it. They got a couple guys. Is that going to turn this unit that was truly one of the worst in the NFL to even an average defense? I don't think so. Love this bet. I think if Kyler Murray stays healthy, I think he could be an MVP candidate this year. Love this underdog bet. Arizona on the money line, plus 135. Also, Arizona, I have a soft spot for them for money line underdog picks. I took them on, I think, one of my better underdog uh, money line picks last season was when they beat the Seahawks in overtime that that one game. Love the Cardinals here in this spot. Plus 135. Texans-Jaguars. I mean, I hope they don't show this game. <laughs> I'm going to watch Red Zone on Sunday, obviously. I hope the only, literally the only plays they show are scoring plays. If they show plays that aren't a scoring play, I don't know what they're doing. This game is truly an insult to professional football. They shouldn't even play this game. I'm going to take the Texans plus three and minus 105. Now, I know that goes against what I said last week because I still actually think that the Texans might not win a game the entire season. They're just that bad. But the Jaguars aren't, aren't that much better. better. This is really a dog shit game between two, I'd say two of the three worst teams in the league. I'd say the Lions might make an argument um, right there with them. But I'm going to, because, I mean, in a game between two dog shit teams, I'll take the home team that's getting three points. Does that mean I think the Texans are going to win? No, but if you're going to put up two complete, I can't stress this enough, fucking dog shit teams, I have to take the home team getting three points. I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars. I'm not sold on Urban Meyer. I will say James Robinson might rush for 200 yards this game because the Texans' run defense is by far the worst in the NFL. But the Texans' receivers actually, they have some talent there. They should actually find some success success against the Jaguars' secondary. So as far as far as final score goes, it should even out. But I mean, like I said, this game this game's an insult to professional football. Go ahead, give me the home team getting three points at minus 105, and I don't want to talk about that game ever again. <laughs> then we got Washington Chargers, which has moved to a pick'em. It's a minus 110 pick'em. I am going to take Washington at minus 110 here as the home team. I think this, this and maybe the Colts Seahawks game. I think these are the two games that are the toughest games on the board to call. I will go with Washington and its defense, though, because they ranked third in opponent passing yards per game last season. They ranked fifth in sacks per game, uh, while 79.82% of the Chargers' yards last season came through the air. And while they only gave up 2.1 sacks per game, which was 15th in the NFL, their offensive line is kind of worse than that number indicates. Herbert was is very good, or at least he was last year, at getting the ball out, but a lot of them weren't great throws. But he was able to avoid a lot of sacks by getting the ball out quickly, but even that, that Washington defensive line should be able to pressure enough to at least be able to affect those throws. 
this is a tough call. I mean, anytime you bet on Fitzmagic, you're rolling the dice because who knows what version of him is going to show up. Is he going to throw five touchdowns or five interceptions? Who knows? But the one thing I know for sure, and I mean, once again, Chargers, and like I talked about last week, it's such an ter- impossible team to handicap last year because they were uh, average at literally everything. But I'll back the one thing that, that I know for sure, and that one thing is the Washington defense is good. So I'll give them at home. I'll get them at home at minus one ten. But like I said, very tough game to handicap. Next, we're moving on to the Browns, Chiefs. Browns plus six and a half. This juice is minus one twenty. I want to note that. That's what I got of that. Um, but I'll take that hook there at uh, plus six and a half, just under that magic number of seven. Um, but I couldn't find a book that offered it at seven. So I'll take the plus six and a half minus one twenty. Um, don't buy hooks, by the way. That's stupid. Um, if you guys listened to that NFL season preview podcast last week, then you know my pick to win the Super Bowl is actually the Browns. So no surprise that I'm taking them to cover a six and a half point spread in week one. Uh, by the way, side note, it's completely unfair for the NFL to schedule the Chiefs as the Browns week one game. The Browns are, what are they like? Oh, 25 and one or something like that. Week one, like dating back like the last 26 years. It might not be that extreme, but they haven't won a week one game in forever. And now they finally have a good team that should win in week one. And you schedule them against the Super Bowl favorites. How rude by the NFL. <laughs> Give them a fucking cupcake game so they can win a game in week one. That could, They actually could win this game though. They might. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd feel a lot better taking them in the six and a half points. I was on them in the playoffs against the Chiefs last year to cover, and they did. Um, and also, don't forget, these were the kinds of spreads that were in Chiefs games all the time last year, and they ended in the regular season just seven and nine against the spread in the regular season. So being a good team and winning games straight up does not always translate to covering the spread. Uh, now, if you want my rant, my rant about how good the Browns is, listen to that podcast last week. But largely improved defense, best offensive line in football. Nick Chubb gives me Chubb. Give me the Browns to cover the spread, plus 6.5. Minus 120. Dolphins, Patriots, we're going back to another total, and we're going back to another under. A lot of unders this week. Now, I do kind of lean taking the Dolphins here as underdogs, but it's hard to bet against Bill Belichick against a sketchy quarterback like Tua right now. I like the under a lot better. The Dolphins were the best team in forcing turnovers last season, so Mac Jones is going to be a lot of under a lot of pressure in his first start as a rookie going up against a team that can turn the ball over. And then he got Tua in the Dolphins offense that has a million question marks. I read today Tua was not named a captain, which is always weird for a starting quarterback when he doesn't get named the captain. Um, they might be looking for Deshaun Watson, which means that the management doesn't have a lot of trust in Tua. Um, Patriots defense should get a lot better this season. Belichick getting a few back, a few key defensive players that sat out last year. Uh, I think it is a low-scoring affair. I'm happy to take the under. It's a low number. 43.5 is pretty low, especially for a week one game. But I'll take the under 43.5, minus 110. And then we got Saints-Packers. Going Saints plus 4, minus 110. It is Jameis Winston's season, baby. Let's go. My dark horse bet to win NFL MVP, Jameis Winston. Let's go. Let's see what happens. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be fun. Whatever happens, it's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun to watch. Now, I think it was, what was it? Uh, I think it was two and a half or three was the spread. Then when it got moved to the neutral the neutral site game, got moved up to four and a half. Now it's back down to four. Very excited to see what Winston can do at quarterback. Also excited to see how Rodgers looks after his kind of weird offseason. Uh, he's kind of like a hippie now, which is 
I don't know how that's going to translate. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, though. I'll take the points. I'll take the four points. Also, by the way, side note, if you like trends, um, the over is 9-1 and one in the last 10 meetings between these teams. Now, I'm not taking the over, but some of you really like t- trends. And 9-1, and one, the over is last 10 times these teams have played. Um, but I'm now I'm going to make a point against that and a point why I like the Saints. Nobody talks about how good the Saints defense is. People talk about the Ravens. They talk take, talk about the Bucks. They talk about the Rams defense. The Saints defense was third in scoring defense behind only the Ravens and Rams last year. People forget that. Give me the Saints and the points plus four in this one. Now we got Broncos, Giants, and I have one name for you that will explain this bet, and that name is Teddy motherfucking Two Gloves. Teddy Bridgewater. He belongs in the Sports Betting Hall of Fame. I talk about this all the time. He has an against-the-spread record as a starting quarterback in the NFL of 36-14. and 14. When he starts, teams cover the spread at a rate of 72%, if my math is right. It might not be, so don't quote me on that. But I think it's 72%, 36-14. Uh, I know trends are they are kind of dumb, but I mean, it's week one. Basically, every game's a crapshoot anyway. Why would you not take a shot on Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos at minus three when he has that good of a spread record. 36 and 14. Fuck yeah, I'll take Teddy Bridgewater. Also, I hate the Giants. I think they're going to be the, one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Make They made the same mistakes as the Bengals, one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, and then they go and draft a receiver in the first round. Build the line first, you dummies. You dummies. Broncos are healthy. Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, give me the Broncos. Minus three and minus 105. We got a little bit of nice juice on that one, too. Then we got the two primetime games. Rams, Bears, Sunday night football. Rams, seven and a half, minus 110. Again, actually, let me double check that uh, juice. I believe it is minus 110, though. Um, but I am going to take the Rams. I don't like that it's slight that it's at half a point above uh, the magic number. I'm not a big fan of that. But what, if it, what I'm going to bet on Andy Dalton. Uh, it is minus 110. Juice is minus 110. I'm going to bet on Andy Dalton against, in my opinion, the best defense in football. You think Andy Dalton in a primetime game is going to be able to lead the Bears offense against this Rams defense? No, there's no chance. There's no chance Andy Dalton does anything against this Rams defense. Now, if they started Justin Fields, I might second-guess myself with with the spread being above seven. But if Andy Dalton beats the Rams in week one, on Sunday night football with the Bears. I might have to stop betting on football. Not really. I wouldn't do that. But there's no way he does that. There's no way. Especially with it being a primetime game. Rams 7.5. It's got to be the only bet to make. It has to be. Very interesting. Matt Stafford in his Rams debut, though. That'll be interesting. And then finally, I think it's the last game here. I mean, it is the last game unless I missed one. Uh, Raiders-Ravens. I hate this bet. I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm going to take Raiders plus four and a half. So the Ravens are one of the most public bets this week. I have to go against them. I don't have a lot of matchup statistics for this one. And a lot of my reasons just going to mimic what I said about both these teams in the preview podcast last week. But the Raiders, they're not as bad as people think. I'm not saying they're a good NFL team, but they're not as bad as people think. Yes, they were bad on defense in a couple other areas last year. But their offense was... 8th in yards per game, ninth in completion percentage, 6th and 3rd down conversion rate. Now, when I set the spread, when I looked at the game and handicapped it and set the spread, I set the spread at Raiders plus 3. So I think we're getting about a point and a half of value here 
So even though it stinks, even though my gut hates it, my gut just wants to take the Ravens because that seems so obvious. It seems so obvious. But I gotta, I mean, that's this is what betting on sports is all about. This is the strategy you should use. If you're new to sports betting, if you don't understand this, a good strategy is to look at the game. Don't look at the spread yet. Look at the matchup and then do your handicapping. Look at the stats. Look at some trends if you want. Look at the rosters. Do the eye test. And after you do all that, set what you would set the spread at. And then look at the and look at what the actual spread is at. And if there's a difference between what you set the spread at and what the actual spread is at, then take the side that gives you value. So I looked at this game. I set it at Raiders plus three at home. I see it at Raiders plus four and a half, four and a half. I follow that system. I have to take the Raiders. As much as my gut hates it, I have to do it. In my opinion, we're getting a point and a half of value here. We'll see what happens. I'll probably live to regret this, but we'll see what happens. Also, let's not forget the Raiders. This Raiders team beat the Saints at home on Monday Night Football in Week Two last season, so it's not impossible. It's four and a half. It's above that magic number of three. Raiders plus four and a half. So that's it. That's the first week. Let's recap them really quick. Starting from Thursday Night Football, just going to quickly go through them. Cowboys versus Buccaneers, over 51.5, minus 110. Bills versus Steelers, under 48.5, minus 110. Seahawks versus Colts, over 50, minus 110. Vikings, minus 3, minus 110 against Bengals. 49ers, minus 105, minus, sorry, minus 7.5, minus 105 against Lions. Jets, Panthers, under 44, minus 110. Eagles, plus 3.5, minus 110 against Falcons. Cardinals, underdog money line alert, plus 135 against Titans. Texans, plus 3, minus 105 against Jaguars. Washington, minus 110 versus Chargers. Browns, plus 6.5, minus 120 against Chiefs. Dolphins, Patriots, under 43.5, minus 110. Saints, plus 4, minus 110 against Packers. Broncos, minus 3, minus 105 against Giants. Rams, minus 7.5, minus 110 against the Bears. And then the Raiders. (coughs) Oh, that killed my throat. (laughs) The Raiders, plus 4.5. Minus 110 against the Baltimore Ravens. Once again, my record for the road to 256 last season was 130, 119, seven pushes for plus 5.79 units. We are beating that this season. Let's get it started. The road to 250, the road to 272 bets now with the extra week starts now. Best of luck if you decide to tail me, fade me. I don't blame you, whatever you do. Best of luck. Thank you for listening. Subscribe if you haven't already. Let's get after it. NFL football is back. Good luck, everyone. I'll talk to you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.